Are you looking for hope? Then you're in the right place. If you're not, well, you're still in the right place because we all need hope. Welcome to the Shine and Delight podcast. We hope to navigate life's storms together as we encourage and build up one another to find true saving hope in the only one that can truly satisfy. We can't fix your problems, but we'll definitely point you towards someone who will. Come along. Uh, shout out to Marshall. Uh, Justin Bieber is trash. Hot take. All right, guys. Welcome to Shine in the Light. We are here this morning to talk about relationships, singleness, marriage, dating, engagement, all the above. We have a special guest, Noah. Noah, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. My name is Noah Weibel, and I'm excited to be an honesty. I'm honored to be a part of this podcast with these guys, and hopefully I can drop some good truth bombs on you guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've been a, on part of the Forge for about four and a half years now. Uh, gotten to know these guys, Andrew and Neville, and uh, now I got to meet Ro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be able to talk with you guys about Let's singles go. and marriage. Amen, amen. And you've been, you're married, correct? I am married, how, how correct. Long, how long have you been married for? Uh, May 9th, 2020, so a okay. little bit over a year. A little over a year, nice. And how long have you been uh, following Christ? Oh man, uh, uh, that's a great question. Um, I would say that I grew up in the uh, church. Um, Dad did a phenomenal job. He was a pastor, and uh, he is a pastor in Howland uh, Baptist Church in Waco. And uh, he really presented the gospel to me well as I grew up. Um, and so I definitely started following the Lord at a young age. Uh, got into high school, got into college, and kind of lived the, the life of one foot in the world and one foot trying to pursue Christ. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can't do that because you can't serve two masters because you'll love one and hate the other. And so uh, the Lord kept pursuing me and uh, kind of brought me to my knees and, and made me realize that I was in desperate need of him because he just flipped my world upside down. And uh, and so uh, that was about 2016 when I would say that uh, the Lord kind of just changed my heart back to saying, hey, you, you need to choose me or the world right now. And uh, and so thankfully the Lord uh, was faithful to save me. So Come on. All right, you hear that? So he was a, a PK, pastor's kids growing up, fully submitted his life to Christ about five years ago, been married for over a year, has tons of wisdom. We're excited <laughs> to hear him on today. I know uh, Yeah. And Ro, what's our icebreaker for the day? So we're talking about relationships, and we have a guy in here named Noah. I can't think of a better icebreaker than to talk about Noah's Ark. If you were, <laughs> if you were that Noah, the Noah, and God gave you an option to keep one, two, or three species off the boat, which ones would you like choose? Like species that we have now? Yeah. Okay. God said, want. okay, you know what? I'm giving you the choice. The three animals that you hate the most, you can kick them off the boat. Interesting. The and female Anopheles mosquito, which is which is what carries malaria. Oh, bro. I was yeah. a... Yeah. 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 I was going to say mosquitoes with that. roaches, but I, that's what I was saying. Is it insects is included or yeah. is it just Take whatever you want. Anything with a heartbeat. Yeah. Roaches <laughs> for sure. Uh, and <laughs> insects and anything uh, else. And... I would kick off. You said three or just two? Or, or just whatever. Like you get oh, up to three. No, I got you. I got you. Uh, you get three coupons. You I'll, don't have to use all three. Okay. <laughs> I'll save that one for later. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, me too. I'm a, Snakes are number one. They're gone. Oh, they ain't making it. Uh, and then mosquitoes are number two. Yep. I just got to say that. My wife hates them and I hate them here in Texas. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would go red wasps. I'm allergic to them. And the cat that annoys Sully every time we're walking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd kick that cat off the boat. <laughs> That is too funny. Sully's my dog. Sully. Just, yeah, Sully's my dog. Yeah. Just for just for reference, yeah. There's golden, one there's golden retriever. Yeah, golden retriever. He's the best. Beautiful. He is, he is the golden best. He is dog. the best of all the boys. He is the goodest of boys. 
He's mm. the best. The bro is working on his fatherhood right now as a single man, right? With, Taking yeah, care with of my golden golden learning how to do that. Yeah. Hey, I'm with you on that. I have a golden retriever as well, and he's he's the best boy. Actually. When when do they calm down? Because he's at two and he still hasn't. Uh, he's 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 actually a little bit younger than your pup. So oh dang, you you tell me. <laughs> All right, guys, well, let's dive into some content. Let's start with uh, singleness. I am sure that a lot of our audience is single. Um, Noah and myself are married. Naveel and Ro are single. Um, how do we live a godly life in our singleness? That's kind of the first opening question. Well, first of all, God sanctifies us in two different ways. So for you and Noah, God sanctifies you and he teaches you about himself through service to your wife mm. um, and by placing your wife ahead of your own life, as Ephesians 5 would tell us. For Neville and me, we don't have wives, so God sanctifies us through patience. And he sanctifies us in this season where while we're single, it's basically we have to constantly ask ourselves the question, is God enough? And is God truly the Lord of our lives? And are we truly willing, if God asks us to spend the rest of our lives single, are we willing to do that? And so God sanctifies us in two different ways, and I think he shows us about himself in two different ways in those two different seasons. Yeah. I, I, I believe all men have been have been really called to, first of all, remain sexually pure, to grow in godliness, and mm-hmm. to actively pursue marriage, right? So the first two are kind of primary to every man to remain sexually poor, uh, pure and to grow in godliness. And when you feel as if you've been called uh, to pursue marriage, then it's okay to kind of venture into that direction. But now before that really is a thing, then, you know, these two things, I think that's just how to uh, serve God and in, in, in your singleness. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, I kind of almost disagree with Ro a little bit there. Um, yeah, I know. I got to bring this out. Um, just looking at, he said that God sanctifies us in two ways. I would say there is uh, a very similar sanctification. My wife just calls me out more now. <laughs> She's all time. Um, before that, it is your community calling you out a lot as well. Those mm-hmm. brothers in Christ who you're doing life with or those sisters in Christ who you're doing life with. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily patience um, because marriage is not what we're waiting for. In this life, I'm not patiently waiting for marriage and then my life is fulfilled. Um, and in our singleness, I would say we are patiently waiting for the return of God, the return of Christ. Um, and he's just saying, I mean, we're supposed to be sanctified by in all areas of life on our way there. Um, so marriage doesn't make me a a better individual. Singleness doesn't make me a better individual. Um, following Christ doesn't make me a better individual in that sense. Right. Um, we're all equally created in God's image and in our, our, whether we're single or married, it's man, we are called to pursue him and give him our all. I, I think very many times we get too lost in, you know, running after the wind where we mm. focus on, hey, when is it going to happen? And so as young men, as young single men, instead of really running after Christ, we're running after the next spouse or the next girlfriend. And in such, you know, when such happens, it's very easy to miss the point. You know, it's very mm. easy to miss the point of, hey, in this season, this is what matters. You know, I have to really get my relationship with God right. No, we call it a vertical relationship between I can work on my horizontal relationships because if that is botched up, then any relationship that we try to attempt to, you know, have with, you know, people of, you know, the opposite sex or even same sex, you know, it's going to just, it's going to flop. It's not going to lead to anything. It's not going to be eventually beneficial to us. rebuttal yeah so what what i was getting at when i said that is that marriage as we see in the bible is a metaphor for christ's love for us and the the marriage that will take place when revelation comes true and when jesus comes back for his church the bride or his bride the church Mm. and so as a single guy because i'm waiting for marriage in a way that is representative of my longing for christ and so i don't see those two Mm. things as mutually exclusive i see one as a representative of the other i gotcha i'm tracking now i see that yeah and well, so you're right. It's good. it's not a good idea to idolize marriage more than Christ. And yeah. 
you know, I think the question that I have to ask myself often is, is Jesus enough? Is if I die single, broke, alone, and miserable, but I have Jesus, will that be enough? And I think that, you know, some days I can say yes, some days not so much. Um, some days when I'm not as faithful, some days, you know, it, it just doesn't feel that way. But, um, you know, in, in a way we live in this broken world and we're longing for Christ. And so I think that in the same way, waiting patiently for marriage, it is a representation of us waiting patiently for Jesus to come back for his bride. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that. That's such a good illustration. Yeah. What do you have to say, Nabil? Nabil's thinking over he's here. He's got so many. He's got hand. He's got this iPad out. He's got handwritten notes, and then he's got several paragraphs of type notes. I, so I we're got, about to we're about to give some some Nabil wisdom over here. I'm just glad to be Buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so for years, I think for me, I, that was one of my honestly top insecurities was I was always searching for some type of relationship to a degree, mm-hmm. uh, and. I was never being fulfilled in that and or I just felt like I got let down because I would pursue a girl, take her on dates, and then just kind of she would for no reason or not even tell me would just kind of disappear, ghost me a little bit. And it always kind of just like and ruined me because I would be like, man, like what? What did I do? What was wrong? Uh, And I think for me, it was like almost had like if I do this and I do this, like if I treat her right and I figure out this date, like, she should fall in love with me. You know, like, <laughs> why is she not falling in love with it's me? simple, right? And yeah. It's simple. And I think then I would kind of grew, like, a bitterness in that. And it's definitely a big part of my testimony from high school to college of the years I just spent uh, kind of wasting uh, girls' time and my time. Uh, and, and then finally, it was kind of when that 2016 mark, for the first time in my life, I kind of was, when I was pursuing the Lord, <clears throat> my focus was just on the Lord. And it kind of... Everything else kind of faded away, and I wasn't worried about like mm. dating or relationships or or anything. And that's kind of funny. Is as I got closer to the Lord, I think that's when I became more attractive to ladies, is because they realized that uh, I didn't need them, you know. And I think that women actually are attracted to men that aren't like they don't have to have them in their life. And because it's like I had someone tell me one time that said, "If you can't learn to be satisfied while single." What will make you like? What is that? That doesn't mean you'll be satisfied while you're dating someone. So like, mm-hmm. you need to learn first to be satisfied in singleness with Christ, because uh, you can't put that on the other person once you're in marriage. Because like, if you are always looking to someone else to satisfy you, you'll never be satisfied other than Christ. Man, wisdom. Yeah. So Noah and Andrew, what if? So now that y'all have both been married, you almost a year, and you for a little over a year. If you could hop in a time machine. And go back and talk to yourself before you started dating your wives or before you started getting in these serious relationships. What advice would you give yourself? Well, man, what a great question. That's a great question. There's so much. But if I could only tell you, is it one thing or is it just in general? Oh, you think that, Noah? I would say to my old self, I would say do more things for the kingdom of God in your singleness. Being honest. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I I cherish my marriage. I love where I'm at. But in my singleness, I had more freedom um, to go where I wanted, when I wanted, with whomever I wanted, right, yeah. in that sense. And so I was able to meet with guys a lot. I led, led small groups. I could go on trips with individuals whenever I wanted to uh, and really make it a great ministry. And I did a lot of it, but looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I had have done more of that because now inside of marriage, I have to think about my wife and what she is doing and how I love her and how I take care of her. So I would say do more things for God. Uh, since you kind of took that idea, I would I would have said the same thing, or at least along, like along the same thing. For me, I, I think also just 
if I would listen, that's the other big question. It's like, <laughs> if I would listen to myself, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Uh, obviously oh, like I would say further your relationship with the Lord, like depending on when, uh, when I would have gotten back and talked to myself. But, um, honestly, I think for me, it, it was something that I need to be able to just focus on the now, um, and, and cultivating that relationship with the Lord in the now and not worrying about tomorrow. Cause I think I did that a lot where, and that sometimes I just kind of like, um, didn't take things seriously. And I kind of just like went from day to day, just kind of doing whatever the heck I wanted. And I didn't take that time seriously. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and what Andrew was saying, it was true. It's just like, I, uh, you waste so much time on things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's the thing is that I wish I could tell them, Hey, this is what actually truly matters. And that's what you need to pursue. Uh, and so I think that's something. And then, uh, honestly, just, I would have reminded myself to, to at that time, treat women better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I had not treated them like sisters in Christ. I was treating them uh, like it was something to obtain uh, or to impress. Mm. And that's not like what we're supposed to be called to do is to not, you shouldn't be just trying to impress these people. Uh, and so, and I think that was something that I was always searching for the approval of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I found my value. So. So I would say the common denominator between y'all's two answers is that there is a tremendous amount of freedom in not being married and that mm-hmm. that freedom is a good thing because it can be used for the Lord. Yep, exactly. 100%. Jonathan Pokluda, legendary Jonathan Pokluda. JP, come on. On here in a month, he usually says that, hey, uh, you know, in your singleness, that's, you know, like the most amount of time you are going mm-hmm. to have in your lifetime. So use it well. But, but for a moment, I'd love for us to maybe define what it means to be single. Uh, what does it mean? So if I have a girlfriend, am I single or am I, you know, like what stage? Like, how do we define that? Let's talk about it. That's why I kind of opened up with four categories. Yeah. Single, right? You're by yourself. You're not dating anyone. You're not going on dates. Okay. Um, in that you are an individual who does not have any relationships or any commitments around you. Oh, okay. So you're just by yourself. Just you and your no boys. Dates. Okay. And maybe everyone's wrong. You get to hang out in group setting with women. That's what I find. Do you agree with that, Noah? I agree. All right. Because we also have dating after that, mm-hmm. uh, then engagement, and then yeah. marriage. Um, dating where you are actively pursuing a relationship with one woman, hopefully one woman, if you're doing things right. Um, <laughs> going going on dates, you have a little bit more of a commitment in your head. Um, engagement, there's a ring on the finger, promise of marriage, and then marriage, sometimes two rings, sometimes one ring, but there is that covenant relationship established. Hot take, I've heard some people say you're single until you actually have that ring on your finger. Noah, thoughts? So you're saying you are still single until the day you get married? Until you get married. I would say yes to that. Just because you become one uh, with your wife once you do say I do and you're done. And up to that point, like you can get out of the relationship. And so I would still say you're single. Uh, But obviously, like, I mean, it just depends on what your definition of that. Obviously... Uh, if you're in a relationship before marriage, like you shouldn't, that doesn't allow you to go and date other people. Uh, you need to have some form of commitment to that person uh, before you get into marriage. And so, uh, but yes, I think from a spiritual standpoint, you are allowed uh, to get out of the relationship. But after marriage, like the Lord obviously calls you to be committed because you are one now. And so there's no getting out of that really. Uh, and we can talk about divorce later on. But yeah, um, yeah so that's where I would say you're still single. Um, but I'm not going to die on the hill for that. If someone else <laughs> I, really wants to debate I, I, me. No, that. I'll agree with you on that one. I would say there's there's single and marriage. Those are the only two categories. And underneath yeah. singleness, you can be by yourself, dating, 
or engaged. Yeah. Um, but until you have that covenant relationship and you, um, gosh, what's the word? Not sanctify the marriage, but uh, where you have sex and the marriage. Consummate. Consummate the marriage, right? Consummate the marriage, put the ring on the finger and uh, do funny, seal the deal. Funny thing, I have a friend that used to always at a weddings would yell, Consummate thing after they, uh, <laughs> after they, they uh, do. I'm going to start yelling that. Yeah, oh, that's so funny. funny. Oh. So you're saying, since there's only category, the only two categories are single and married, that means that when you are standing on the altar, if the doors have not yet opened and your wife is about to walk down the altar, in that moment, you are still single? You're still single. And, so. you know, I'm going to tell you, uh, my father-in-law may, may listen to this or not, but he's before they walked out, he's like, you sure? Like, <laughs> we can go right now. I got a car. That's what he's telling my, my now wife, right? Or fiance, because why? There's no, the commitment's not there yet. We're not married. There's no covenant relationship. And she's like, no, I want to do this. He's like, all right, I support you. But he, he triple checked, like, we're not going back on this kind of a deal. That's a good oh, that's dad. Awesome. Yeah. That's a good dad. He never told me that. She told me that, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, thanks, John. That's funny. Um, and I really look at that. That's really how God looks at those two relationships, mm-hmm. right? He only sees it as you're either individual by yourself, single, or there's marriage and the two will become one flesh. That's it in his eyes. Wow. We do see... Um, Mary was engaged to Joseph, right? Um, and in those times, the engagement, that's the only time I see engagement in the Bible that I can remember right now. Um, but even then, they were not engaging in sexual activities. Um, in man's eyes, they were still single. They were still prom- They were just promised to one another. It was a very strong promise back in those days, but they were just still considered single. Mm-hmm. Sexual activities. Well, as we talked, a little, you mentioned a little bit, uh, Sex. That's probably the creepiest thing. <laughs> <laughs> what what just happened? What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> now, that, now that's even worse. That's even worse because there was a pause. Yeah, yeah. there was a pause. The sexual activities. Uh, yeah. Tell me about that. Man, I would say that um so we're still talking about we're still gonna talk about singleness. We haven't got too much past that. Um we have to edit that part out. No, it's all good. <laughs> no, we gotta keep that in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We live just in a that'll bit. Be the title. show the audience. That'll be the title of this episode. Sexual activities. And then put like whisper it. Oh man. Sexual activities. Oh man. Um, we're looking at. Ah, oh, where's it going with this? Yeah, I'm totally off rails right now. I don't. Know. I guess we're, we're just going? we're just improvising our way through this. Okay. When we're so talk- are we talking about dating now? We're no, we're still talking about singleness. Okay. But I think we're going to be talking continue to talk about singleness and okay. sexual activities. Um, and should we be partaking of any sexual activities inside of singleness or dating or engagement? Because they're all technically singleness. That no. The answer is no. Oh, right. Well, why? Because there is that is designed by God to be confined to a covenant of marriage, and that outside of marriage there is no commitment, and therefore you should not be. You should not be creating these bonds with each other when there is no commitment because then you're just setting yourself up for failure because the more that you create these bonds together outside of that covenant of marriage, the more you have to confront the reality of, okay, if we're willing to have the benefits of this commitment, yet we're not willing to make the commitment, why are we not willing to make that commitment? And then mm-hmm. you, you're kind of, it's very easy to drive yourself crazy in those scenarios. And so there are a lot of reasons why God designed this to be any specific piece of our lives, which is marriage. And outside of that is outside of God's will. So yeah, I think, Amen. yeah, for me, if I'm being fully honest and transparent, you know, like I found it really easy to justify, you know, to find ways to find loopholes of really getting what I want. And for example, I'd be uh, in a relationship with this lady and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to marry you anyway. So it doesn't really matter, yeah. you know, and I find that very many times since you're very, you know, you we are driven by, you know, our pursuit of that which is ephemeral, you know, that which promises temporary pleasure and temporary satisfaction. And so because we are running after that, then we do not really cut sight of that which lies uh, over, over, you know, you know, that which might seem to be 
uh, a mirage, right? And so we want this and we want it now and then we find ways of getting that which we want. So like how do you, how do we talk to people such as me? Because I know there's a lot of people such as me who want it and want it now and who do not feel as if it's important to wait. Well, uh, that's a great question. And the thing is, for me, when I look back at it, and I was, while you were talking, I was thinking about this. Uh, I had a flashback to, I went through re <clears throat> regeneration. And one of the parts of regeneration is it asks you to write down kind of like letters to people in the sense of, uh, you know, kind of asking for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the forgiveness section if if anyone has uh, been through Regen, and uh, and trying to make amends with people. And so one day I was just writing and praying, and I was like, Lord, who who would you want me to make amends to? And I just started writing this letter, and it, the letter was to all the girls that I don't uh, like necessarily remember, uh, and to all the girls that I hurt in my past. And mm -hmm. It was like, but I don't like, I, I was kind of confused. Cause I was like, why am I kind of like, as I started writing this, I was like, why am I writing this? And God just kind of revealed to me in that moment saying, Hey, there's like a wave of destruction that's behind you the, of the women's that you um, were doing sexual things with that you have really harmed. And, and cause I always kind of think about it myself. Like, Oh, I, I messed up. Like I sinned and like, God, like, I, I'm sorry for what I did to you, God. But it's like, also like I had this deep sorrow for girls from years from high school to college that I, you know, I used. And mm. those are precious girls that the Lord loves. And that was something for me that really just like shook me to my core because uh, it, it just showed me that like your sin affects other people, mm -hmm. yeah. especially when it comes to sexual sin. And uh, you, like, it, and then I even went further and I said, you know, even all the times I, I talked in the locker room with the guys, like when you had locker room talk, about other women, I was affecting those men that were in that room by influencing them to talk about these women. And then they started, you know, objectifying women, you know, like, and I don't know the impact I had. And so it was all these, these people that in my life that I never realized the full impact I had on them, but, but God sees what was happening in that moment and he knows what happened to them. And so uh, I just I had asked for forgiveness for that. So can I throw out a hot take? Sure. There, it's not a coincidence that, um, all these sexual assault allegations came out in Hollywood because that is a culture that does not, that has completely rejected the biblical view of sex, which is that it should may stay inside of marriage and has treated it as something that is purely transactional. And so it's not a coincidence that there has been so much harm to women in a culture that, that does, that puts sex on that high of a pedestal and treats it as something that is purely transactional and has no emotional attachment regarded whatsoever. Um, and it's just purely something that you and I want to do and we can do it and it's no big deal. Um, it is not a coincidence that that has led to so much destruction in that community. Well, and if God's creation is, you know, I believe God's creation is perfect. Why is it that men and women as well, you know, we have such a thing such as sex drive, right? You see this guy and you're like, you know, I want that and I want it now. So why did God create us in that way? Isn't it cool how God created us like that? That we are, at the creation mandate is to be fruitful and multiply to subdue the earth and to take care of it, right? And so that's where we get to say, man, we're, we're actually called to be, and he calls us in there to, to be in fruitful and multiply inside of a marriage context, uh, and then to subdue the earth is to create technologies and to work the field and to work hard. Um, and he's given us the, the highest natural endorphin release that we can have is sex. He says, hey, how do you, how do you be fruitful and multiply? You have to have sex. And so it's not like when we're having sex, we have this, oh, dude, just got like a backstab or something. It doesn't hurt. 
most of the time. You know, it, it, it's it's something that God's given us to say, enjoy this. This is the most pleasurable, natural thing that I want to give you um, so that you guys can then create kids and also grow in a spiritual manner as well. Because it's much more than just a physical act, as Roe was mentioning, that the world says it's right now. Oh, it's just a physical transaction. You'll totally be fine. There is um, a piece of you, a part of your soul that is left behind, I'm going to say, um, as people are bonded inside of that. It's much more of a bonding act. And so God has created to say, hey, inside of the context of marriage, I want you guys to bond. I want to make this as the most, the most pleasurable thing possible for you guys. So you go back to it and you will have this intimate relationship. And really, again, that's pointing back to the intimate relationship that the church and Christ have at the same time. I also want to make one quick point is that oftentimes this can be a, a huge source of guilt and shame for both men and women that have made mistakes yeah. in the past. And I just want to say, Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in yeah. Christ Jesus. So it may, make, if you were a prostitute and you came to Christ, all of that is washed clean as snow. God has cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. You are completely forgiven for that, and you are pure in God's eyes. It does not matter the mistakes that you have made in the past if you were in Christ. Well, I agree. Um, I will say, though, that certain sins have, they're all equal in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. Certain sins have ramifications that are more reaching and have more of a stronghold inside of our brains mm-hmm. than others. Um, and just how things work out there, just because of how God's created it. Think about it. It's such a strong endorphin release. And we do things like, especially if you have premarital sex, you're engaging in that. Inside of marriage, there's people I know who have thought of their last partners, or they start thinking of, and this position's better, and this is better, right? But they've been forgiven in Christ. There's no condemnation in Christ. And yet they come into their marriage still with what we're going to call a little baggage to an extent, yeah. things that are just, it's just how their brain's been wired yeah. because it was so pleasurable and they left a part of themselves with there. So there are ramifications in the future for things that we engage it engage in in our singleness well, and i think speaking to some people like i think there might be someone listening and going man i've had sex i've done all these different things and i'm fine you know like i've i don't feel guilty and i feel like I'm, I'm good in relationships but you know i think that for a lot of people you get hardened over time mm-hmm. every time you have sex you're just giving yourself away and then you're like well i don't feel anything in the sense i don't feel bad anymore and it's like yeah because you don't feel anything at all Really, and, and it's harder for you once you do get into marriage. You will see very quickly uh, the you're not being able to give everything that you yeah. once were to your wife anymore, and and it and like and that's even part of my story a little bit. And it's like I want, and it makes me so sad because I want to be able to give everything I can to my wife. And I want to love her so well and care for her. And I think that those yes, I'm forgiven of my sins. Going to kind of what back to what Andrew was talking about is saying. Yes, I'm forgiving my sins, but that baggage and that that hurt was done, and it takes a long time to heal from that. Uh, and you are going to bring that into marriage one day uh, if you plan on getting married. And so, uh, so yeah, I think that like what you do now is preparing you for your marriage, right? And so, that's a good point. So, how far can we go in our singleness? Like, where's the line? How far can you go to the edge of a cliff without falling off? What's the, wait, what? Oh, how far can you go to the edge of a cliff without falling off? To the edge. What's the head? Yeah, what's the, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was listening to a sermon by, 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 by one of my favorite teachers, and he talked about, you know, this dad was kind of, uh, I, I think there was this waterfall, right? And they, they had this vacation home, and the kids wanted to check out the waterfall, right? And so the dad was like, hey, I'm going to check that out, right, before I let you guys come with me. Right. And so I think he took one step too many. Right. And before he realized it, he drowned to his death. And that was that. No one saw that coming. Right. The dad knew that this is dangerous. Right. And so for my kids, I'm going to try to see how safe it is for them. And then so one step too many and he fell to his death. Right. And now the kids had to grow up without a dad. 
And I think that's the mentality that we usually carry, that that's usually our mentality when we try out things that, you know, we should not be trying. I'm going to try, you know, tiptoe, try, see uh, what's safe, what's okay to do, what I can get away with. And before you realize it, you're addicted to uh, pornography been there done that you know you're addicted to all these things that you should have avoided just by staying clear of that which is definitely dangerous you know mm. so yeah that's all well, um, one thing i've heard is that you know she is god's daughter and god is all knowing god sees everything so what would you be comfortable doing in front of your girlfriend's father and that's that is generally the line um shoot i wouldn't even hold my wife's hand yeah exactly <laughs> like no, I mean, in, in 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, it says, treat older women as mothers, younger women as sisters. It doesn't say anything different than that. Um, and so we look at the boundaries of purity is um, what's your integrity worth is really the question um, inside of that. So I know inside of my, my personal relationship, our second date, we went swing dancing uh, with my now wife. It was a good time. Yeah, I, Noah's actually a pretty good dancer. So he's, he's, his ears perked up. He's like, what? Um, <laughs> I want to learn from him one day. Um, and I was holding her hand the whole time, having a good time. And we're walking out and she uh, trips and it, accidentally on the sidewalk and she totally tripped on purpose so she let go of my hand gets in the car and is like can we hold hands and she's like no those are boyfriend privileges <laughs> like i couldn't even hold her hand until we were boyfriend and girlfriend that was a standard and then our standard we were trying to make it till marriage until we kissed we did kiss before that um sadly but i mean that was just but kissing really just turns the on-ramp on towards yeah. something else and so there's no real reason to do that yes we cared for each other and yes at some point we said hey i have this love for you founded in christ yeah. But even then, that should have waited until marriage. So leave as much as possible towards marriage so you're not getting on that on-ramp. If you want to hear that story from Andrew uh, Bibanis, who's Andrew's wife perspective, listen to the episode right before this. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. She says the same thing. Man, I had a question in my head. Dang it. Naveel, I think you asked it the other day. Yes. Um, I can't remember right now. Thing, have it. Does increase in commitment legitimize sexual contact? That was that was the question. For example, when you move from dating to engaged, or that night before you walk down the aisle, is it okay to do the thing? Because men, it's official now, or it's about to be official. Y'all are the married guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to say that there is a a false sense of sense of commitment because um, we go back to that earlier story. If I had done it the day before, my wife could have walked out two minutes before she walked down the aisle and said, you know what, I don't want to do this. There's no commitment there at all. Uh, inside of a dating relationship, there's still, yes, you verbally say something, uh, you know, we're going on dates, but there's no commitment there either. Um, so really we give ourselves this false commitment, this, oh, this person cares for me, this person loves me, they're going on dates with me, they're engaged to me. But really, it's not until you say, I do, I am committed to you for the rest of my life, I'm in a covenant relationship, that we should we partake of any um, physical activity. I think it's it can be dangerous because I think some people will use that as just an excuse. Showering, so we can do this now. Because uh, no, I, I think that if anything, you need to be, be <clears throat> you need to be more careful. Yeah. Uh, as you get closer, because you get more and more intimate with each other. Because like and I said, you want to get more intimate with each other because you're getting so close to that date, and the enemy will definitely come in and try to say, "Hey, man, you're so close. It's like you're good. Like you're committed right now. Like you are going to get married." So what's the difference between a month from now to now? Like, there's no difference, you know? And I think that Satan will try to come in and just tell you that just because he's trying to come in any way to destroy your marriage before it even started. Uh, and so I would say be even more careful. And, you know, for, you know, what's the line? Like, when we go to that, I think, you know, some people can hold hands and some people can't. Some people can kiss, some, some people can't. Because 
uh, I think I think it was probably JP or someone said it once. That it's like if your body is getting prepared for sex, you've gone too far. Mm-hmm. In a sense, I mean, as guys, we know, you know, when you start doing that one thing, even if it's just making out on a couch, like like if you're if you're there and your body's getting prepared to have sex and you want to have sex in that moment and it's like ready to go, it's like man, like you are to flee temptation, and so uh, you need to remove yourself from that situation if you can. Uh, and, you know, it's not just about, it's not rules to follow. I think for a lot of people, people look at this and go, oh, man, it's just a bunch of rules I have to follow and y'all are just buzz kill. But it's really, those rules are there to protect you. And, and that's the main goal is to protect the thing that you are wanting so badly, which is marriage, and you want a healthy marriage and a godly marriage. And so all these things beforehand are to protect and, and, to, and to better your future marriage and so mm. uh that's that's the common goal that you want to maybe have as as you go into it is not thinking about so much about oh man did we screw up or not but more so saying hey i just want to love that person well and if by loving them that means protecting and uh, protecting you know your purity and my purity like that kind of makes it a whole lot easier especially when you have both people on board if you're are in a relationship uh when you're able to kind of go look for your sake and she's saying the same thing back to you I want to protect your purity. It makes it a lot easier because like for your own purity, I feel like sometimes you can kind of be easier about just giving it up because it's like yourself. But when you, <laughs> when you think of the other person, you know, that's also a very like, Hey, like I'm doing this also for you. Cause like I care about you and I love you and I don't want uh, to, to draw you away from the Lord. Uh, and so, and the Lord definitely says a lot about that of, of not uh, causing someone else to stumble. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another great point just to be thinking of if you are in a committed relationship. And so, um, and also I, I think that it's such a, it's such a great moment when you finally do get to have, uh, the moment when you do get married and you, you did wait and you did do all these things. It's like, I, I do think the Lord blesses that. And, uh, and it's just like a, a great, it's just a great moment just to have with your wife. So, well, so two things. So one thing you said I thought was really interesting is that it protecting your, protecting her purity, protecting someone else's purity. Um, that's interesting because, you know, protecting someone else and serving someone else can be a powerful motivator. I remember in college, the reason why our coach, the way he kept us in line is if one of us screwed up, if someone got caught for, if someone got caught with weed, if someone skipped class, Mm -hmm. he would have to sit down and the entire rest of the team would have to run, you know, either miles or sprints or whatever. And so, you know, protecting your teammates was a big motivator. So that was interesting. Also, one thing you said about how sin, it it kind of creeps up on you. First Peter five, eight, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I love that verse because the way a lion hunts, if you've ever seen The Lion King, is it stalks in tall grass, it gets up to its prey, and then it pounces. So by the time, yeah, geez, Andrew, (laughs) by the time you actually, if you're you're an antelope, by the time you've seen that lion, it's too late. Um, You're already dead. And so like sin is the same way is that it kind of creeps up on you and you, you can fall into this trap of thinking, Okay, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm doing, and boom, it all comes in, in one swift strike. Yeah. So yeah, and so don't even don't even give the enemy a foothold. Exactly. Andrew and Noah, I know you guys personally, and I know you guys are very disciplined. How did you train yourself to be this disciplined in the way you love others and um and, and the way you love your wife as well? Yeah, I think. Well, I'm gonna start with the purity side of thing and discipline in that is um, because we've been talking about that is get yourself a group of men around you who you're honest and vulnerable with um, who you can come to and they can hold you accountable um, and it costs you something um, because if it doesn't cost you I have uh, a friend who um, I'm holding accountable and he has um, given up large sums of money 
in that sense. Like it cost them a lot. I'm going to be honest. Um, it sounds bad. But more than that, I had a group of guys called the Flesh Fighters that I could go to. Uh, yeah, dude, I know. You're going to laugh at me. Flesh Fighters. But shout out to Keanu, Bryce, and Lamar, my best friends. Um, and but when our singer in this, we just text each other. We'd call each other. We'd hang out. We'd see what's going on. Um, I'd show up at, you know, they're on a date. I'd show up at the date. Show up at somebody's house. And we, vice versa. You know, and that's what we expected is like, this is, this is doing life together. This is holding each other accountable. Um, and so that discipline of having people around me um, really helped me out. Um, and that'd have people as well, like my pastor, my best friend, and I'd reach out, hey man, I'm just, I'm struggling with sexual temptation right now because we have so much sexual temptation between social media and movies and videos and just yeah. seeing people. And he'd be like, man, go for a run, go run three miles. And so I'd get out of the house and run, run for 15, 20, 25 minutes or whatever it was just to beat my flesh up a little bit and to get away from that environment. Um, and so it was establishing that discipline. I mean, but the first and foremost was spending time with God on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and when you do that, that overflows into your purity, that overflows into how you love people, that overflows into every area of your life. Uh, for me, I, other than honestly, the like first having accountability is huge, having men around you that are going to love you well and care for you. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be beat you over the head, but really more so make sure that you're, in a sense, trying to struggle well. Because uh, I think that, one, I want to say to everybody that, uh, you know, it's, I want to give grace where grace is due in the sense that, like, we all are going to fail at some point. And so uh, not to, like, kind of get weighed down with your guilt and shame uh, and thinking that, oh, I can never get married because I, keep, I, I seem to just keep mm. messing up. Uh, as long as that, like, you're pursuing the Lord and knowing that, like, hey, there, there's conviction there and that I don't want to keep doing this. Uh, you know, because in Romans it talks about, you know, I do the things that I don't want to do. Uh, and uh, and it's just kind of like, I think the Lord is, what I'm trying to get at is just saying, like, there is grace, but at the same time, like, you, you need to be actively pursuing uh, accountability and, and pursuing the, the relationship with the Lord um, on a daily basis. And then also, thirdly, like I said earlier, is just, like, looking at to the other person uh, to, like, to protect, like, your, mm. your like the significant other to, to hey at the forefront of my mind like I want to make sure that she's protected and so um and so yeah that's just kind of like what what I was thinking about for for that because I just don't want to, I think sometimes people just have this like mentality that I have they have to be perfect and like we are to strive to be perfect but really our, our goal is to honor God and to honor them as well uh, and to continue continually doing that and so I just like to make sure that you don't get so caught up with uh you have to be because I think it becomes like this legalism almost to a degree. And I'm not any way advocating that this disclaimer. That is not me excusing, like saying, oh, I can just keep on sinning and keep doing what I want to do. Like if you keep falling into sexual sin, like no, like there needs to be something that changes there. But I'm just trying to say, taking away that that guilt and shame. I think because some, sometimes I think people just think it's just this tall order. And like I know for me in my own personal life, I would see a guy that was like, in, his, in my eyes, almost perfect. Like he never struggled with sexual sin. And it was so hard because I was like, man, like, why can't I be like him? Like, why is he, what, what is he doing better with the Lord than I'm, that I'm not? Because you know, he's perfect at it. Like, he's never, like, he hasn't looked at porn in 10, 15 years. Like, that's awesome. And I think Satan was using that against me because, like, we should be celebrating that, that he hasn't looked. And that is not thing against him. I think that's a beautiful thing. And I, and I want to be to that level. And thankfully, the Lord has been redeeming me in that as we go forward. And so, um and I, th I just think I've been trying to more so just allow a little bit of grace in the sense of taking away that heavy weight sometimes on mm -hmm. that shoulder, like that you put on your shoulder. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, that in little talk right there made me think of you rejoice with those who rejoice when that person, man, dude, you've been free from pornography for 15 years. 
dude, let's go. Yeah. And rejoice with them. And then you're uh, mourning with those who mourn or in their shame. Like, dude, man, I'm sorry that you're struggling with that. Like, I'm, I've been there or I've been there right there with you. Let's be with him in that, in that time period. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it Christ in, in Matthew 5, and we're looking at this, where he says, you've heard that it says you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that whoever looks at a woman with lust in his eyes has committed adultery with her in his heart. So Jesus really raises the standard where it's not just uh, those of us who have committed the physical act, but it's all of us who have committed the act inside of our heart, looking at a woman, looking at pornography, masturbation, whatever it may be. And that's the bar. And that's what he's, he goes to the heart issue. And that's what he wants. And kind of looking at what, go back to what Noah's saying is like, but there's, he doesn't shame us for that. But he says that it's so valuable to me. Your purity is so valuable to me that it's better if you cut out your right, your eye. It's better if you cut off your hand. Because like it's better that your whole body not be cast into the pit, um, and that's what he's saying is like there's. But at the same time, we shouldn't be shaming people for their sins. I Men, pornography kills. Uh, yes, it does. A lot of people struggle with pornography. The statistics are terrible. Uh, a lot of people within the church, a lot of men within the church, struggle with pornography. I have struggled with pornography. It's terrible. Uh, how do we fight that? First of all, remind yourself that it's more addictive than heroin. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that it's incredibly destructive and it's not something that can be treated lightly. I mean, it is literally more addictive than heroin. It it triggers the same chemical reaction in your brain. Um, And so it's it's not benign. Um, There is a series of... I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I could be wrong. Please push back on this. But I don't think it's a coincidence that... You know, there has been a there has been a, a diminishing of relations between men and women in the last 50 years in the same time span where pornography has taken off. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, the sexual revolution. Yeah. Same time well, yeah. And again, it's easy to fall into this attitude of wanting to justify. I'm not hurting anyone. It's my business. You know, it doesn't mess up with me in any way. I enjoy what I do. So let me do what I want to do. And once we fall into that, then, you know, it's easy to justify things as human beings. You know, we have a brain and we're very, we can be very rational and very logical about yeah. it. You know? yeah, it says in what Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all else. Well, um, yeah. yeah. And, and that's what, that's the problem there. Um, and when it, when it comes to pornography, as we're saying, um, it is more addictive than any, than any, one of the most addictive things we know and we can justify. But in First Corinthians six eighteen, it says, flee from sexual morality. Every other sin a man commits outside the body, a person, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body, right? And so we're not only sinning against our own bodies, but the body of Christ as Christians, um, and it has lasting implications inside of that. And so just being kind of what we were talking about earlier is like, I mean, I struggled with pornography for you saw it first when I was probably 10, 11 years old, incidentally, um, and, and later on, I think in high school really got exposed, I mean, caught, I mean, eighth grade was like masturbation, pornography, playboys, all the above. Um, and in high school, luckily, God helped take that away from me but still saw, you know, images on Instagram and there's so much social media out there. Um, and I'll tell you, like, it was on and off and I wasn't perfect with it. Um, and I remember inside of my relationship with my wife now, when we were dating, boyfriend and girlfriend, I screwed up twice in terms of uh, masturbation. Like just on social media, just scrolling through, saw something, gratified my flesh, right? And I, and my, my accountability to my guys was, you have to tell your girlfriend, right? You have to tell the person that you say you love, that you say you're pursuing, that you say you're taking care of. And that's, that was my consequence. And man, that hurt her so bad and really hurt me at both those times. And so I haven't, I don't know how long ago that was, but that second time after I saw that, I was like the third time, I know she's breaking up with me. There's no more, there's only so much forgiveness she can have. And if I'm not going to change, what does she expect inside of marriage? Wow. Um, and so I, I stopped at that point. But even today, like I've been a couple of times, I've taken a nap, married, and I've woken up and I was like, back in my single days, I might've got up and gratified my flesh. And I'll be like, man, I could just, you know, 
go masturbate really quickly. I mean, I was going to say that word, but just so you guys know. And I'm like, wow, why would I trade some, make something so wonderful, so cheap? Why don't I just wait for my wife? Wow. How did you fight that? How did you fight that struggle, which, you know, lots of people are, have been, uh, are struggling to, to get rid of that as well? I'm struggling with pornography and masturbation. Yes. Um, it, you have to focus on my why is what Christ has called us to and saying this is what my God and my Father has called me to and I want to have a great relationship in the future with my my spouse if that be what, he, what he's called us to um, and also I want to honor and love that individual in the future whoever it may be um, and, and you notice that like when you do that you start to treat women as objects a lot of times and that's their sisters and, and mothers right um, and so we have to be God honoring to the people around us as well as um, our future significant other or whoever it may be. Yeah, man. Uh, going back to what Neil said, porn does kill. Um, it is something that I just think it wrecks marriages before they even started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ways to fight it. Man, I, I, I kind of t- take a twofold thing. One, there are practical ways uh, of you know accountability apps uh, to have other fellow men come alongside you. And, and honestly, to say, open, like, honestly, as a man, it's really hard for us, I think, because from a pride standpoint, you know, it's weird allowing other people in on those type of things. It can be weird of saying, hey, like, I'm giving you access to see what I search on Google. And uh, and so that's one step, I think, is having some type of accountability on the app. Uh, also, honestly, a practical way on iPhone, what I've done is I have my wife has the code and I have deleted the ability to download apps. I don't. Mm. I can't download apps, uh, and I also have uh, parental blocks on everything. So if and it's super annoying because when you literally just like anything, like if it just has girl, like if I'm searching for something and it has the name girl or just anything, just like very generic, it blocks it, and I have to put in a code. And I'm like, Ugh. like if we're working all that, like I, I do so many things and some some weird, like the word Destin, like Destin, Florida. I typed it in and it blocks it. Don't know why. Apparently, Destin, Florida is really bad, uh, and so uh, <laughs> Destiny's really yeah, bad. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. And so, uh, so, but, but it's so worth it, right? So the, the return of it, it was just like, hey, man, like trying to honor my wife because I, you know, I've I've seen when I've messed up what it does to my wife, and it completely just destroys your man. And that is one of the most heartbreaking things to to have to share that with your wife because then she feels like she's not enough. Uh, and, and that's not, that's not like true in the sense of like, she feels like it's almost her fault that I run to these certain things. And, uh, for, so my advice to men is that like, man, before you, before you jump into marriage, like you, you definitely want to have a pretty good hold over what, what you look at on a consistent basis. And so, uh, I'm not saying that like, if you looked at it once in the past couple of years, you can't ever get married. No, like you can I just am saying that like there's definitely needs like you definitely need to take it seriously uh, because you are going to be a husband and you are going to hopefully be a father one day. And so that's a, uh, you know, you need to be able to be leading your household well and pornography warps your brain. It really does. And that, I mean, that's just I mean, you see the studies coming out that are secular studies and uh, and how addicting it is, as you were saying, addicting as, as I mean, as drugs and. Um, man, it's just, it's so sad to see what has happened to our culture. And I think it's so baffling to me that people will talk about it in like just Hollywood and they go, why are all these bad things? Like, why are all these sexual assaults and all these different things happening? And I'm like, y'all promote sex, like on it, just like sex with whoever you want and do it all the time. And like, when you watch porn, it's like, 
porn even like it, it is very very just like destructive to young men because it just is like teaching them like oh all girls want sex all the time you know and it's like that's kind of like where they they have this idea that you know it's almost like they are teaching them to learn one day to be sexual assaulters to be honest like oh, it, it yeah. i'm not bl- like saying like it obviously is still responsible on the man but like it's just we're we're training up this this younger generation with pornography and there's no caps on it there's no filters really on it and not that there should just be a cap and filter but it should just be all erased away but i'm just saying it is just training young men in the way that they should go and it's just and it's just so damaging so i i recently saw jp share something by a journalist from los angeles and she claimed that you know the industry needs to make porn, uh, porn content for you know kids right and wow. she's like yeah kids are having sex blah 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 we can't ignore that it's happening and that's just outrageous because we live in a society where you know we are trifled with a huge problem but most people don't realize that this is actually a problem and until you get to a place where you realize that this is a problem then you can't really find a solution to it because it's not problematic to you and so i think if you're trying to find the same then the first step is hey this is a problem i'm struggling with this sin how do we how do i come before god to help me solve it yeah and as is as no one you were talking about this i'm thinking that no one can serve two masters right so even if you're not thinking about marriage ever or yeah you're just going to be single for the rest of your life is oh, i'm just be single addicted to pornography whatever it is you're an addict you struggle you are controlled by that that is your master whatever it is and, and jesus says no one can serve two masters and I think when you are shackled by something or controlled by it you don't have freedom Right? And Christ has set us free and released those shackles so that we have a choice now. Um, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing, and that's the gospel, is that he set us free from our sins. And yes, we still sin, we still do that, but we now have a choice to choose to do what we want to, and to choose to follow Christ. I was writing the other day, and it's, it's not directly pertaining to the subject, but I think it applies in this scenario, is that when you look at Christ, what do you see? And I think the answer to that question really determines what your relationship with Jesus looks like. If you see him as a principal like the principal of your of your high school that hated fun and didn't want you to ever enjoy yourself, then you're probably going to have a war- you're going to have a warped view of Jesus and you're going to have a warped view of his commandments. But if you see him as a loving father who's trying to set you free from sin and to protect you from the mistakes that you could make, then you have a much different view. You have a much healthier view of his commandments and you're much more willing to follow his commandments when you see him as a loving father. And so if you're in a spot where you think that, you know, the Bible is just that God is just a prude and that he doesn't want you to enjoy life, he wants you to be miserable. I would encourage you to take a step back and think what, when you look at Jesus, what do you see? And mm. I really want you to, I really want to encourage you to ask yourself that question. Cause that really is at the root of a lot of uh, what we're talking about today. Mm. The, the last part I was going to say just real quick was uh, that was like the two parts. One that's a practical way. Like I was talking about with the phone. Mm-hmm. Second thing is to me, uh, you know, you can take away and do behavior modification all you want. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't always change. That doesn't change the heart. Really, like that's like, like that's a great first step, but I think that like in a way, once you remove something like an accessibility for sin, Satan will just bring up and attack you with another thing, and so uh, that's what ultimately Satan wants is just for you to sin in any way possible. So it's not just in sexual sin; he wants you to sin in every which way possible. And so I always just want to say, like for me, as like as I think about it, as like as you go forward. It's that heart change. Is it like pursuing the Lord and saying, Lord, like I do pray that you'll change my heart and make me hate the things that you hate. And obviously he hates sexual sin. And so I think that's something that the second part is like, I think the Lord is really truly saying, hey, even if you had access to porn, are you going to still choose it or not? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's like where it comes down to saying, do you love me more 
than porn. And, and that's, and it's a hard thing because it's like, you, that's not saying you're never going to fail, but like you, you do have that, that thought that comes that you should have that you say, Hey, I'm going to choose the Lord over my own self. Cause you have to die to yourself. And I think it's too much in this culture today, we don't take that verse too seriously about dying to ourselves. Uh, we, you know, we can get into a different topic, but like we always have these natural desires that we have. And I think that the world today is trying to say, no, just follow your natural desires. And even in the church, a lot of things, as long as it's not hurting someone else, quotation marks, uh, you can follow your own natural desires. And it's like, no, like Christ literally says, come and die and follow me, like put, put to death your natural self. And so, uh, and so that's just something that I, I think the Lord just was really saying, hey, choose me over pornography. Well, yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up real quick with a, a verse from Joshua 24. It made me think of this. It's, it's guys in your singleness and your marriage, whatever relationship you're in, it's choose this day whom you will serve. As he says in Joshua 24, 15, whether it be the pornography, the gods your your father served beyond the Euphrates or the gods the Amorites in whose land you're living, or but me and my family, we shall serve the Lord and worship him, right? You get to choose what are you going to be addicted to? What are you going to worship? What are you going to serve? Is that going to be God or is that going to be something else? Um, and we just live in a hyper-sexualized culture where it happens to be relationships and sex and pornography are a really big God right now. So guys, you get a choice. Um, thanks for listening today to this podcast. Uh, we appreciate y'all. We're going to be coming back probably with an episode two here shortly. Uh, hasta pronto. Adios muchachos. Later guys. <laughs> yeah, well, that was sad, bro. That was sad. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We hope you were encouraged and inspired to turn to the only one who can and will satisfy you. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them out. Feel free to reach us on any social media platform at Shine and Delight. You can also shoot us an email at shineanddelight at outlook.com. Until next time, be kind, love all, share your shine.